0: Hello, this is Democracy or Else, where we're bringing you amazing progressive candidates in down-ballot races, activists, and community leaders from around the country. I'm Amelia Montooth. I work on social at Crooked Media, and like many here, I came from the campaign world, specifically the Warren and Biden presidential campaigns. Today, I'm talking with Shelley Jackson, the executive director of Instituto. Instituto is a community hub based out of Phoenix, Arizona, whose mission is to build sustained political power with low income and communities of color in Arizona. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to have you on our series. For those who might not be familiar with you, do you mind just introducing yourself and the work that you do? I'm born and raised, still living
1: in South Phoenix, Arizona. I come from an an artist background, so I'm not someone who grew up thinking (laughs) that I was going to be doing political or social justice work at all. I actually went to school for dance and dance education before jumping into this type of work. But right now, I am a school board member, so I ran for school board in 2020 as a writing candidate in my community and won. But more importantly, also as an executive director at Instituto. So here we do everything under the sun that has to do with uh, making sure leaders are equipped with all the skills, tools, and resources they need to advance their communities.
0: I'm really curious to hear more about you being a dancer and finding your way into this work. What kind of inspired you or motivated you to join kind of social justice work?
1: I'm someone who grew up thinking that I was always going to be a nurse. Uh, Okay. (laughs) My grandma was a nurse, and I wanted to be just like her. Um, So even in high school, I went through this program called the HOPE program that was designed to give uh, high school students an opportunity to get ahead in the medical field. But then I got to my senior year and realized, like, oh, my goodness, I do not... Actually, want to do this and didn't know <laughs> <laughs> what to do. Yeah. But I had always grew up dancing. Started dancing when I was in middle school and elementary school. Danced throughout my whole high school career. And my dance teacher was like, "You're a great dancer. Why don't you just?" try out for ASU's dance program and major in dance and teach dance in schools like how I do. And I was like, okay, that yeah. <laughs> You are onto something. Um, so I did it. I I went to ASU, uh, auditioned, uh, got into the dance program and during my time there I started teaching in schools all across Arizona working with a, a local organization and I got to the semester where they teach you how to teach <laughs> dance in schools and At that point, I feel like I already had a chip on my shoulder because as I was traveling across the state, I started to realize what some schools get and some schools don't. How schools in Scottsdale or Paradise Valley were able to get the whole nine yards, but the school that I grew up in in South Phoenix could only have after school programs. I started to already see this and feel some type of way about it and getting riled mm-hmm. up um, inside around. Me. Yeah. And when I was in college, I had this experience where a teacher from who was teaching on the South side, talking as if people like me or people who grew up in my neighborhoods, like automatically came in as criminals or bad kids or bad people. Yeah. Um, And it was one of those experiences where I don't know if you've ever had this, but you're like, is anybody hearing what I'm hearing? Like, what is yeah. happening? Yeah,
0: you're hearing what they're saying in a very different way.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, And that was like final straw for me. Like I threw a fit at the dean's office. I um, was like, mm-hmm. I'm changing my major. Honestly, just started looking around me to like what work was happening and got really lucky that a teacher that used to be a teacher at my school, was now a state representative. You may know him as Reginald Boding. No way. And he was like, I'm looking for young Black people to like get involved. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm (laughs) down." And (laughs) I found my way around his work and changed my major and just started throwing myself into anything and everything that was about making systemic change. And I think that was when I noticed in that classroom was like, okay, what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing is real, right? It's not in my head. It's yeah. systems level. I need to do something about it. Like I couldn't ignore it anymore.
0: Totally. That makes a lot of sense. And I think we're all so grateful for the work that you and other organizers have been doing on the ground. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, as a fellow Arizonan, I feel like growing up, I often heard people say that Arizona was like a lost cause or it would always be red. And now we do have two Democratic senators technically, but we do have two Democratic senators. Um, And I feel like just the change that I've seen on the ground in the last like five or 10 years makes it feel like the state is a totally different landscape than it was when I was growing up. And I'm curious, like when you started doing this work, when did you start to feel like you were noticing a change in your community around you?
1: For me, I have a a hard time with this question because I I think there's like a, a few layers to it, right? I think there's like a layer of what we define as a win. And sometimes that win may be, getting folks who align with our values, like representing us and these systems, right. To make sure that we have a fighting chance to actually uh, make change in those ways. And then for me, there's another layer of like how we translate those wins to actual like improved lives. Yeah. In some ways we've started to see like electoral wins, right. A lot of wins where like people are running and winning and who look like us, who have our values, who come from the same neighborhoods. Um, And now I think we're starting to get in the place where we have to say, like, okay, now that we're here, like, how do we actually yield that power in the best way possible? So that way, when I go and visit the schools that I represent, I can see that reflected, right, with like the additional funding that they have or teachers Mm -hmm. that being burnt out. I think it's a both in. I think when I got a when I started getting into this work at the time, there wasn't a lot of. Black organizers or a lot of uh, the presence of it wasn't there in the ways that some other communities have organized. And I think now, if you look around, there's like the organization I started with, Arizona Coalition for Change and Our Voice Travel Arizona, but there's also Mass Liberation Arizona uh, doing work centered around Black folks. There's Black Political Cultivation Arizona. There's Black Phoenix <laughs> Organizing Collective. And like the list goes on. And I think that The diversity that we have and people doing organizing work, people advocating for their communities has definitely shifted a lot in like the last five years. And I think now is like kind of the moment where I'm starting to see like, okay, yeah, the conversations are happening. Things are shifting. (laughs) Power used in different ways.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I'm sure that's such an empowering feeling to be able to see that change happening. Honestly, in such a quick time frame, too, I feel like it's happening so fast. Um, As you said, you're trying to yield power for these priorities that you have. And I'm Mm -hmm. curious, what are the first kind of issues that are unique to your community that you're hoping to address kind of immediately?
1: Oh, my. So many. Um, (laughs) I know. Where to start with Arizona? Very unique to Arizona um, is climate. Mm -hmm. Because of redlining, because of racism, right, you are more likely to walk down a street in South Phoenix and it be degrees hotter than other places that have trees along the sidewalk and uh, heat relief in different uh, places in different ways. And I think that that's something that uh, continues to worry me, um, especially as we think about, um, you know, living in the desert and a lot of conversations are happening here in Arizona around water um, or usage or water shortages, right? And I think like those are really pressing important issues that are very unique to our state.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I think environmental racism is something that obviously affects the country at large. And um, on that note, I'm curious for the people who are maybe less familiar with Arizona locally, why do you think that folks outside of your community should be paying attention to what's happening there?
1: Arizona is truly a a microcosm of the rest of the country. So if you want to look at a place that has um, moved and shifted power in such a short amount of time in really meaningful ways, and you should look at Arizona. If you want to look at a place that is experiencing um, environmental racism or increased police brutality, like you should look at Arizona. I think that a lot of The really big issues that are affecting the country um, are happening and in real time here in Arizona in so many different ways and so many different places that there's a case study for pretty much anything. If we're able to use Arizona as an example of what to do and sometimes what not to do, uh, people can really uh, utilize those examples and those stories to put them in their own context in the places that they are.
0: Totally. That makes sense. And people should be paying attention to Arizona. I've always said it's like a hotbed of all of our nation's most pressing political issues, like yes. immigration, police, environmental racism. As you said, climate, like all of it Education. happens in Arizona. Yes. Education, of course. Yeah. All
1: things. Yes.
0: Yeah, totally. Okay. I want to ask you a few fun questions before we go. What's one of your favorite free or low budget activities to do in your community, even when it's 110 degrees outside?
1: Okay, people are going to look at me or hear this and be like, oh my goodness, she is crazy. (laughs) I still love to hike, but you just have to get up dumb early. Like 5 a.m. Literally on the trail at 5. And then it's not too (laughs) hot. Something else that I started to do this year, actually, is use resort pass (gasps) to find the hotels that are near me that allow you to come and use the pool for like $20 a day. Um, And sometimes the whole... Hotels have like bars and food too, so it just like ups the vibe, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: necessary in Arizona. You gotta have a pool plug somewhere. That's like incredibly important.
1: Yeah, so I either try to find resort pass or I like figure out which one of my friends which I got going on, who has the pool, where he's in, kind <laughs> yeah. so of be around some water, and then. of a- Of course, traveling up north, which I'm sure people in that area are, like, tired of us. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know. You know, escaping to where it's a little less hot in Arizona is also helpful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Okay, another question I have for you is, what is one of your most controversial non-political opinions?
1: I'm just here to let the world know that bananas are not it. Whoa, okay. hate bananas. No banana pudding. No banana nut muffins. Like, can't do this. Wow. The smell, the texture, everything around it. I'm just like, I don't understand how it's even a thing and how people engage. Yeah.
0: It, you know, like. It's like a mushy, like yellow banana with spots like your worst nightmare. I literally like, yeah, oh, I can just thinking about it, I'm like, I I literally can't. <laughs> That's super fair, honestly. Um, okay, but I do have one last question for you. What is the question that you wish more reporters would ask you about your work that you would hope to speak on?
1: I think that there is a question centered around like our lived experiences that really helps show the the power that we're trying to move. You know, Um, I think that it's so easy to get stuck in, especially like Political reporting, like the races and like what's happening and who's going to take what seat, but I think sometimes we veer away from like the people and again like this should be around like impacting lives, and so I wish there were more questions around around that piece, right? Like the lived yeah. experiences that that brought us here, bring us to this work, like how you all asked in the beginning. The lived experiences that inform how and why we go about our work is something that I'm interested in learning more about from other people doing this work, but also um, hearing that question asked for, for people.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like so often politics can feel kind of like almost like a game the way that people talk about it. And it just gets so far away from the whole point being that we're trying to make people's actual lives better. We need to be checking it and making sure we're doing that and that that's actually being followed through on. Um, Shelly Jackson, thank you so much. It was such an honor to have you today. Um, If you want to speak about how people can get involved with your organization, whether they're in-state or out-of-state, I would love to know more. At
1: Institute though, there are a couple ways uh, folks can get involved. Going to our website, is definitely the best way to get engaged. Um, If you go there, you can go to Community Hub and then to Calendar, we have tons of trainings where folks can get trained on um, how to do this work better. Uh, We also offer coaching, but I think the training piece is really important because we need people to be skilled in this work. And this upcoming month in October, There'll be a lot of volunteer opportunities where we're going to be supporting partner organizations on the ground with getting out the vote. Um, And then folks can also donate there. And that website is instituto.io.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. Democracy or Else is a Crooked Media interview series. I'm your host and executive producer, Shaniqua McClendon. Series hosts are Sarah Garcia, Amelia Montouth, and Ari Schwartz, and they produce along with E.J. Baker, Leo Duran, and Julia Gunther. Joseph Dutra and Leo Duran are our editors. Digital direction from Matt DeGroot and social support from Danita Ramesh. Rebecca Rotenberg is our production assistant. If you want to get involved in the 2022 midterm elections, head over to votesaveamerica.com.